yes, yeehaw, it is Thursday, it is nine, so of course, it's UK Cowboys time, Mr. Lorne, how are we, sir? I'm doing not too bad. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I am certain, I'm certain that you are as excited as I am that it's combine week. Oh, definitely, I mean, just to show I've got it going on at the moment <laughs> on my iPad, yeah. so... Um, That's what I'm doing myself. I've got it on another yep. screen, yeah. So um... I, I, I would, ha- I would have it on my TV, but my Fire Stick's not working with the zone at the moment. Just another thing I get to complain about when I fill in their their s- survey that they've asked me to complete. Yes, um, but uh, you know, it's it, it's it's an interesting time, and it's interesting that you know a lot of these, as you and I were talking just before we went live there. You know, there's a lot of players that aren't doing the drills this this time round. But, yeah, yeah. you know, the main thing for this is teams get a chance to form. Oh, Lon, Lon, I've lost you, mate. I've lost your audio. Can you hear me? No. Seem to have lost Lorne on the audio a moment. Um, just let him figure that out. Um, as soon as he does, we'll be able to um, continue with his conversation on what he was saying there. Um, uh, you just try and figure out <laughs> his earpiece. Um, I'll just check, though. Lorne, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Hello? Ah, there we go. You're back. There yep, we are. I'm back. You can hear me, I though, fine, yeah? I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. You can um, hear me yeah, okay? I can hear you now, yeah, yeah fine as well. So. Okay, there we are, yeah. yeah. All right, continue with your rant. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of players that are sitting out. Um, you know, obviously they've been told not to do any of the testing, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, I still find this a, a really useful tool. Yes, you you can see what players are doing on the on the field and you you know probably about 80 percent of your evaluation is taken from the tape that you see mm-hmm. but i mean there are guys who potentially could have been first or second rounders last year had they come out as juniors gone in there's a new coaching staff and you know especially there's quite a lot of turnover in college coaching ranks and everything like that you know new scheme comes in they don't adapt to the scheme as well can you prove you know, this is a chance at the combine to prove that you you have the reflexes, you you're able to be coached, you're able to do things that prove that you can fit somebody else's scheme or something like that, and yeah. you know that just helps build it all up. So I still think there is a place for the combine, and you know, hundred percent. You you and I are quite giddy about this this weekend. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, like I literally I I watch. College, I mean, I love college football. I watch it all season, but it, all of it is to lead up to uh, this week and then what happens in April. And you, you're quite right. I mean, the combine definitely has its place, without a doubt. And it's a number of things. So, like, uh, the issue that most people will have with when they talk about the combine is that they kind of go, like, like you know, like the, the moment now, the defensive linemen are running the 40-yard dash. Yeah. And I get the argument. It's like, how many defensive linemen do you ever see running 40 yards? And it's true. It's like, why do you need to know how fast the defensive linemen can? Really, it's about the short space. It's about the power. It's the burst, the explosion, the quick feet to move across, um, and all of that, you know, the bend. Agility, yeah. you know, this is this is what it is. So it's not about that, but it's like, and I get that. That's that's one side of the argument, but the other side is that it's all it's it's as I, we were talking off it. It's a confirmation bias. So you watch the games, and you already have in your mind where these players rest in terms of their athleticism, their movement skills. So then you watch tape on them, specifically keying in on them. And you, you you know you see the, the the stuff we do the reports and I do these little things with scores and all the rest of it. What I like to do is it's the barometer to find out how far off you were from what you can see on tape. When you watch the the, the drills, then not so much the the speed and the you know the 
the jumps and everything. When you watch the drills, then you're trying to equate what you see on the field to what you see in the game. Yeah. Uh, and it's really just piecing the two things together uh, of you're confirming what you've seen. Because sometimes there's like, there can be a range of things that you see and they play tricks with your eyes. And you go, oh, this is a guy. But it actually turned out that it could be the competition level he was against. It could be, um, you know, specific plays he was lined up against were just very easy for him to beat over a number of times. And then you get a false sense of what they are. So then the combine can be a place where you go, ah, okay. Like, a good one for me is, I, I hate to do this, but like, you know, Paul Love, Cole Strange, and I get it. Yeah. But you look at him in the senior bowl and you look at what he did and you go, oof, ouch. Like, this has not helped his stock at all. And you, you hoping that then when it gets to the combine, you can kind of reinvigorate the idea, the thought of drafting him, that people will be happy to have him. And, like, that guy this year is Cam Kitchens, the safety from Miami. Yeah. So, like, terrible senior ball. But you're hoping that the combine, they come out and they show you something different. So it's the other side of the coin for these guys because it can be sometimes quite harsh to sit there, watch these guys play, like, 10, 11 games, 12 games, 30, depending how far they get along. You see them play and give them a grade and say, this is how I, because I do it all on point scoring. That's how we're taught to do it. Yeah. Uh, in the Scouting Academy. It's all points. And you add them up and then that gives you a grade. And it also lets you know the type of player you're dealing with. Um, so you, you do that. And then all of a sudden you get to the senior bowl, like we call straight all camp kitchens. And you watch it and you go, oof, yeah, this isn't good. It's kind of unfair just to judge off that one thing. And because it's a senior bowl, that's your most recent film study of him. So it's like the recency bias. So then all of a sudden you get to the combine and they're in a more um, sterile environment. It's it's tested. You're just looking at the player in what they are in their, their most basic physical form. And I think that's the other side as well of the combine. It's it's just stripping everything right down. I mean, some of the drills, you know, you have to take with a pinch of salt. But each of them, in their own little way, just ticks boxes or crosses boxes for you when you watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, go on. Sorry, I'll let you continue if you want, mate. No, I I agree. And I mean, you know, the other thing as well is that you know. Any of the scouts that, when they go around campuses, they get folders from all the mm -hmm. campuses about all the players. The players do these um, exact same drills during preseason training and all that. Yeah. So you know they have marks to go on. Obviously, you know as soon as as soon as their senior season is finished or even their junior season, and they announce that they're coming out, you know any agent worth his salt gets them in with. Duke many whether you know mm. the, the equivalent the position equivalent of these guys go and work on it for th three four months or whatever whatever is available and you know can they improve on those figures from the the sophomore years the junior years can they improve on those figures particularly the bench press if you mm. if you struggle with um, doing ten repetitions of two hundred and twenty five pounds. You're not going to be a good blocker in this league yeah. um, against 300-pound linemen. Um, you know, so from that point of view, seeing that they're making mark improvements on those marks as well shows that you know they are getting better. There's, it again, it maybe highlights something that maybe they need to go and check the medicals on something because if if yeah. he's only managed to do the same number or he's managed to do less of the number. Is that performance anxiety? Is it a case of there's something underlying that, you know, something's not right with his body? Um, you know? Yeah. And then, obviously, the interviews that they get to have with these guys, you, you know, under, understand what these guys are like, um, how they take, you know, gets you a chance to go back and say to the coachings, uh, to the coaches, right, this guy's really good, but, you know, in order to get the best out of him, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Have you got the time to do that? 
or you know is that going to be detrimental to teaching the effectiveness of the of the drills yeah and, and there you go that is the the key the most important factor when it comes to the combine is we we as the fans uh, and the guys at home not in indie we see um you know you see the interviews that are being posted around where they're up on the podium talking so you get a little insight into individuals, personalities, how they handle pressure. You get a little snippet of it. And then we see, you know, we see them run all, all the athletic drills, and then we see them run the on-field drills, doing all that. That's what we get. And so what happens, and it happens every year at the Combine, some player gets drafted wildly out of position. Let's take, for argument's sakes, with the Cowboys. Um, you take uh, you, you take what they did with Travis Frederick. And people are going, oh, wow, you know, we did not have – that that is crazy. We can't believe yeah. the Cowboys. What's more than likely happened is he's gone they, – they, the, the Cowboys have sat down with him. They've had an interview. They've had a talk. They've gone through things, and they just like who he is as that person. Us as the fans, we don't get it. We don't understand what it is that's gone on there and what they've seen. But through their process and through the questions and the way that they've handled themselves during the combine, that's the thing that then suddenly makes these teams jump. Yeah, And that's what's important because as much as we just want teams to draft the best players, there's a lot more to it than just simply looking at it like as in building a Madden roster. <laughs> You know, where we just go, oh, this guy has the highest score in X, Y, and Z. This guy has the highest score in X, Y, and Z. Let's put this roster together like a Madden team. There's there's more intangibles to it. And those things are the things that happen behind closed doors that we don't ever get to see. Yeah, I mean, give you another example. The selection in Nashawn Wright. I mean, obviously, a lot of draft scouts had that Nashawn Wright was probably... A, a seventh rounder we obviously spent a third rounder on it mm-hmm. because that's again maybe influenced by what dan quinn was looking for um you know and that's obviously you know that might change with under the mike zimmer scheme um but you know we we selected him with the the what was it third round pick or something like that um you know, and again, you know, we were kind of lambasted by most of the most of the scouts about that, or most of the the the, the voices in a way. Um, and okay, it's turned out we haven't got what we expected out of him. We didn't get what we expected out of Bossman Fat as well, mm-hmm. um, who who now unfortunately is sitting with another. He's sitting with a Super Bowl ring. Thankfully, there you go on the on the Chiefs roster. Um, but again, that just you do your work behind the scenes and it still is a crapshoot when it comes to actually the the draft, who you manage to pick up and, you know, does it pan out for them? Because in a lot of the cases, and it might be different now that there's NIL money, but, you know, yeah. give a guy, give a guy a big contract to, to start out, they go from scrimping and saving or whatever on, on campus, they suddenly get a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus or whatever. And you know they go mental. So um... <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yep. Yeah, uh, and you know, it it is. There's just so much more involved that that meets the eye um, when it comes to combine. But you know, like you say, the very start, the combine does have its place. And the big thing for the for the combine, really, more essentially, is as I say, it's confirmation bias uh, is is really what it comes down to. But also, um, for the teams, it's the interview, and also the big one is the medical, because the medicals for these players, that's their risk assessment. That is them deciding uh, how far, how, how much investment, how much capital do you want to put into the player. And again, as the fans, we don't get to see the medical side of it all, but this is what these guys are there for. So then they get to get a more in-depth look at these guys' medicals, their history, all the rest of it. And then they can... So again, when we're sat there in the draft and we're wondering, 
why is certain players tumbling? It could be the interview process. It could be that there's something that all these teams have noticed that their doctors, the team doctors, have yeah. talked to them about and said, "Look, there's this on there." I just it, it, it's it's probably going to be fine because you can't guarantee it. So then all of a sudden, like where you feel comfortable in where the the medicals guarantee you where this player is, you drop them down. Now we don't get that news until after the fact. But at the time, it can lead to wild conversations about drafting out of position. But that's just how it goes. Um, it's, yeah. it's what the combine is there for. That is its purpose more than anything. And the other one as well, the other big one, with you know, to move away from the players, the combine is also a very big. Um, it's a chance for future staffers to get to know each other. You know, they're like. So many of these guys will ascend to um, to Indianapolis. They might be on a college team, high school team, unemployed, and they're just looking to try and get in with the right people to try and get a job in the future. And, and most of them will end up doing that. And that's what it's all about. It's about it's about really a whole thing of the future of the NFL. It's players, teams, and staff. Yeah, and I mean, another thing that's interesting as well, if you go back in the history of, you know, how the combine came about as well, it used to be that you used to have four or five teams that would pull everything together. They'd go off and do camp, mm. you know, do pro days individually. Yeah. Then another, then another collection of four or five teams would do the same thing. By the end of it, players were absolutely knackered because it worked out four, five, six, seven, eight, nine <laughs> times or whatever. That's right, yeah, yeah. And then they decided, let's have one single combine. Everybody is on the level playing field. Um, you know, th- there's none of this... Centralised. The, yeah, there's none yeah. of this, the 40-yard, the, the, the track that you run is downhill ever downhill, so slightly, yeah. so you get a little <laughs> bit extra speed or whatever. Everybody's running on the same... <laughs> Ohio! And you can... You can standardize. <laughs> I think yeah. I think Aggies are a bit like that as well. Aren't yeah, no, they use fans. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You do. You get all of that. Yeah, that was right. And you know, like, like they'll go and measure, <laughs> and it happens in pro days now, which is why, again, pro days you have to take with a pinch of salt because there's like all this weird stuff. And like, was it Tennessee? I want to say it was Tennessee or maybe Wisconsin. Miles apart from each other, so I don't know how I've managed to put those two places. <laughs> but it was something like that, and, it, and there was a, an NFL coach who ended up walking out the forty-yard dash that they had. Then it ended up being like thirty-four yards. I know. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Yeah, and you know, like it's just all these little things, you know. And it, it, they 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 do these sneaky. Uh, the, what what the pro day I think is is better for is for fans more than anything is it's more telling about where teams are going in the draft that's what i like to i like to have a look to see especially in the big recruiting schools you know alabama ohio oklahoma um michigan no like when you go for the big ones where where are the, which teams are turning up to these pro days who you know like you 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 hear the cowboys have sent mike zimmer for argument's sakes to alabama's yep. pro day you go oh, okay and you start to like just pay attention to who the guys are and we've got the third gentleman joining us here right there mr paul hello how are we not bad you all right mate Oh, busy as usual, mate. Busy as usual. First question before we carry on. We're just talking combine at the moment, and then we're going to move mm. on to day two subject. But how was Italy? Didn't really get to enjoy it that much, if I'm being honest. Oh. It's not, it's, oh. I was being, being mostly working, but I did go to the Torino and Lazio game. That was cool. i seen that, yeah. The, then there was a... Near, I thought it was an actual explosion in the stadium, but no, it was just fireworks. In the stadium, it was just pandemonium. <laughs> they do love their fireworks and flares. Oh, it's mental! But when I do it again, absolutely. But uh, but conference wise, it was all good. Uh, learned quite a lot. Got some stuff to take back to the actual work and stuff like that. So yeah, 
it was overall decent, but the food was fantastic and I had some good grappa and wine. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to you about. Oh, I, I and, and check this, by the way. Yeah. I I got me a Henry Upman 54 Magnum for nice. 10 euro. A genuine one? Not a fake one now? No, genuine. It came, came yeah. They've got all the Cubans. They don't get hit with the tobacco tax. Yeah. Yeah, we get really stiff right here, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but as long as you've got the wine and you've got the cigars, that is uh, that's a big one. Oh, and of course, we've got Joe with us, who is from Italy. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah Joe, I was in Turin, so I was uh, up near Torino. <laughs> And of course, yeah. you found your you found your outfit for the wedding as well, Paul. Huh? The outfit that you put on the Instagram earlier in the week as well. Outfit that that I said you could be seen. Oh, the I the I that is baffling to me. Like of all the places, I never thought Tartan would be a fashion in Italy. Never thought that. But anyway, yeah. enough of that. But enough of that. Back to football. <laughs> yeah, no, we were just talking uh, just about the scouting combine, and we'll get on to some conversations about. I'll give you some. Um, we'll talk about like some sort of examples of what the Cowboys could do in day two. I'll give you some scenarios, but yeah, we were just talking about the combine now, and just like talking about how the combine can be a confirmation, like a barometer uh, of how you're evaluating players. It's also confirmation as to seeing what a player's athletic skills are on tape and putting it down into a basic score form, which is what they're doing at the combine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you say a player's fast, and then they run the 40, and you know. You say a player's explosive, you look at the 10-yard split, you know. You know, you say a player's powerful, he's strong, you watch, you know, uh, bench press or, uh, you know, the broad jump, and it it just lets you know about the confirmation, what you're looking at. Um, and also gives like some of these players who had a bad time, particularly towards the end of the season, or say like during the senior or the Shrine Bowl or the Hula Bowl, like say certain players didn't perform. It's a time for them to sort of reinvigorate how people look at them. So we're just talking about that as well as um, uh, it's also a place for future staff members to go and meet um to try and rub shoulders with certain people and make a name for themselves but for you paul well how do you see the combine and how do you use it well the way i would say is you've already brought your your film on players already Mm -hmm. you already kind of have a base set of a list of players that you're already kind of interested in the whole whole point of the combine is confirmation essentially that with the interviews there you go. Yeah. yeah, we spoke about the interview saying, you know, like like I used the example with Travis Frederick with the Cowboys, right? People say why the Cowboys took Travis Frederick as early as they did. They could have waited another round and still got him. Now, I always say, well, you don't know what happens in the back room. That they go and have an interview. Travis Frederick like blows their minds. Here's the final, Mike. Like, a lot of teams could have think, uh, oh wow! Uh, well, they could have been thinking the exact same as the Cowboys, for all we yeah. know. Yeah, like, exactly. Like they could have been thinking early second. It was the whole thing with Cole Strange with the Patriots mind. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he, he, Cole Strange. Like he was supposed to be like a fourth rounder grade, and he managed to elevate himself to be a first round draft pick. And I was saying he would be like an early second rounder. Mm. Yeah, Just yeah. And we was we was talking about Cole Strange saying that like. Like, we've got one this year where their senior bowl is really bad. You watch the senior bowl and you go, oh, no. And then they get to the, the combine and they manage to just bring them, reinvigorate uh, and rejuvenate people's thoughts on them, um, which is kind of like I said, that's Cam Kitchens this year, the safety from Miami. Um, I was also saying, though, the other big one, which we never get to see, is the medicals. So medicals yeah. are massive. Uh, and like, because that's their risk assessment, essentially. And um, we don't get to see any of that, so we just have to play off what we can see on tape. And then you kind of like, you try and get the whispers that are being talked about in Indianapolis. And that, that, that for me is the big one. And 
you kind of just have to roll with it and, and wait to see and find out, basically. I will say, though, Mike, I think the, the Senior Bowl has a lot more significance. And and the reason I'm going to say this, it has yeah. more significance than the Pro Bowl and the Pro Days is the fact that you're going to be working along with players that you've never worked with before. Yeah. It's, how, yeah. it's, it's instant instant impact. How can you actually quickly to learn something with people that you've never worked with before? Yeah. That's a, like, you don't get that at the Pro Bowl and you don't get that in the, your Pro Day. So I yeah. think the whole Senior Bowl is a very fundamental part of this process. No, yeah, I I, I think the Senior Bowl, because also you're you're trying to see how players react to a change in scheme. Like yeah, in, well, well, in the combine. Well, see, for, for like an offensive lineman, you don't know if you're a left tackle, you don't know how your left guard's going to react. Or, exactly. if uh, or if you're a center, you don't know how your guard's opposite side are, you're going to pick up the play. Or yeah. if you're... Um, a linebacker, you don't know if your fellow linebackers are in position correctly. Or if you're a wide receiver, like you're going up against corners you've never been up against before. There's all these different aspects you're just not gonna get at the pro bowl uh, at the uh, combine. combine. Combine, sorry. I don't know yeah. why I said pro bowl. Combine okay. Com- combine okay. and pro day. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 there are some good things with the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you get to more know more about the player that you're actually interested in. Get to see, okay, this is his personality, this his traits, this his a uh, way of thinking kind of go with like for example the cowboy way like for us. Yeah. Like yeah. It's his it's his methods like really suitable well not methods but his I- ideas kind of fit mold to what we're looking for. Yeah. Is his personality really what we're looking for, etc.? Exactly. And then in terms of all the measurements, these are just more of again, more of a confirmation. Okay, we already know he can do this. Like, but if he was if this certain player was the slack in the combine down then it would be a bit of a flag because okay, this guy looked really speedy during his football season, looked great at the senior bowl. What gives during the pro bowl? He looked very slow slippage. Then it kind of goes back to the question, okay. Now it goes back to the question about the medical. Does he have an injury in this uh, in the combine? So all these other factors do come into play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that you're you're just really reiterating what we was talking about, and it, it is that that is totally true. Um, so let's get into day two, guys, because we were speaking about day one last week, right? So day two, guys, in this year's draft. I'm going to give you some examples, right? So, first of all, let's go with the idea that the Cowboys in the first round selected an offensive lineman, right, of some type. Whoever you want it to be, Guyton, JPJ, um, Jason Latham. Yeah, yeah, Morgan is another good one. Um, whoever Graham you Barton. want it to be. Graham Barton. That's Graham my Barton. Phil, Phil, Phil's a great role. Um, mm-hmm. So, if we say that they've done that, let's start into day two. What would your... First choice, uh, so let's go with the second round first and we'll work through it. What would be your choice of first of all the positions you would go for in day two for that? Freaking easy, linebacker. Linebacker, yeah. Like, especially now that, now that like, it might even be priority number one now because Van Der Esch is potentially retiring now. So, yeah. Like, I think we may have to shift our priorities from offensive line to linebacker, but the thing is, there's no really much linebackers that are worth a first-round grade, is it? No. Especially so that, the type of linebacker the Cowboys want, too. That's the problem. Well, especially yeah. now under Mike Zimmer's rule. He wants the big physical ones. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, when, you, when you think about it, so we're talking, people are saying, you know, uh, we've got, obviously we've got Damone Clark, and then we've got, uh, we've got DeMarvian Overshown coming back in. It, bear in mind, this is really his rookie year now, and he's recovering from an ACL. So what type of overshone are you getting? You can't really count on a guy who's not taking a snap in the NFL as yet. Yep. So we've got that. Then they're talking Marquise Bell. Here's the thing I have a trouble with, and why I'm kind of okay waiting beyond the second round for linebacker is because all three of those guys I just mentioned are all, I would say, in terms of stature and style of play, fairly similar. They're the lighter, faster, the guys who will clog and cover, as opposed to what the Cowboys are really after, 
like like they want to run stop and linebacker a, a thumper yeah so when you look at the linebackers and you know the issue we've got is when you think about it the way the nfl is transitioning and the way the linebacker position is transitioning finding those thumper type linebackers is really well, hard to find well, there is one guy I do like, but there he comes. It done does come with a lot of question marks, and that's Peyton Wilson from NC State. Yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, like, like, um, yeah, yeah. He's he's twenty. I think he's going to be like 25, 24 when, yeah, like when, yeah, when when the, when the draft happens. So he's already like whatever aged. Yeah, he's got an injury history. Very much. Like, yep. but but as as uh, all the good points about him. He's got a background in wrestling. He knows how to tackle. Knows how to bring someone down. Right. Oh and yeah. Watch, watch his game film. He is very destructive when it comes to the run game, especially mm-hmm. running in the inside and even lateral. He's got a lot of speed running lateral. It's like a more pocket, like I wouldn't say pocket version of Parsons' game film when, but he was back at Penn State. But still, yeah. he can do all that stuff that Parsons can do, but not obviously. Um, it's not as big as physical as Parsons. But he can yeah. still do a lot of damage in the run game. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that obviously you've got the concern there, especially if LVE is about to retire because of mm-hmm. injury. You know, <laughs> yeah, replacing you, one you, injury you with another one. <laughs> sw- swapping, yeah, swapping I mean, it makes about, no yeah. sense. Like, like unless we get him at the very later rounds, because I think everyone will be having that same. It's like, is he really worth taking like in the second or third round? Like. He's like what twenty four, twenty five injury history. Uh, it's not really worth the investment for that type of like. It's it's gonna downgrade him. Like maybe give him a couple like a smaller contract, and if he's played well enough, then yeah, give him his big contract, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, for for me, the other the other option, and oh, certainly in the second round, is is going defensive tackle, especially if somebody like Sweat drops to drops that's to the a second good shout, round as yeah. well. Yeah, because he, you know Mike Zimmer again. You know, as we talked last week, Mike Zimmer was used to Dexter Cookley that win. Both very light guys for that time of or that era of the NFL. Um, you know, similar mold, still a bit heavy, still a bit heavier than Damone Clark and all that, but um, similar in terms of what you're talking about now. That you know these guys were light. Um, and the way that the, the Cowboys defense at that point in time, they had guys like Jay Ratcliffe. Um, the, who was the guy that um, oh, he'd, he'd initially played for the Rams, the Saints, and then came to us. The nose tackle as well. Yeah, um, I know the one you're on in, about. Ended up, ended up in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh. You had Glover. Anyway, Glover, Leroy Glover, yeah. that was it. So you yeah. had... You had big guys that held up the line. Drafting somebody like Sweat in the second round, if he's available, somebody or a big a big body again, you know, so that again, you know, if if Mazzy Smith doesn't take a step up, you're not you're not hamstrung to having Hankins because Hankins is coming towards the end of his career, even if he does resign with us, and he again from all understanding is he wants to re-sign with us as well. He wants to bring it back another year. But, yeah. you know, he is getting towards the end of his career. He is he has missed time the last couple of years as well due to injury. Um you don't want that drop off at the at the crux point of your season um where we, we give up another two hundred and sixty odd yard rushing game. Um and if you've got a big body you can you can Clog up the clog up the lanes, and again, a lighter linebacker come in as long as they're willing to tackle and you know understand the the complexities of tackling. That you know a defensive tackle can work wonders with a lighter linebacker. Yeah, yeah, and like that's the thing. And like I keep saying, they need a thumper, but you go through all these guys and you try and find one. And you're like, the closest I can find, and this is going to cause a stir among Cowboys Nation, Cowboys fans, when I say it, the, the, I'm trying to find an off-ball linebacker who can play that that clog-type role, who has a lot of mass. The heaviest guy 
really at linebacker that fills that role for the Cowboys is Junior Colson. <laughs> the unfortunate part is he plays for Michigan, and I just wonder how that's going to go down. Oh, yes. man. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, yeah, I can understand. Yeah. We've just, we've just not had much luck with drafting Michigan players, have we? Like, no. Certainly not on the so far, so far, so far, so far. But I mean, you you can go back. Obviously, the Cowboys took a a Michigan defensive lineman back in 1985, and he didn't pan out as well. Kelvin, I think his name was Kelvin Pritchett. Um, You know, and he literally played about two seasons and then was out of the league. Um, But you know, obviously, I think. That's certainly in the trenches, and we're hearing more and more now that Michigan's scheme was completely different to most schemes in that they were telling the guys to sort of go with the sort of react to what was happening before you actually came out of your stance. So a lot of them were a lot slower coming out of their stance. Linebackers are a bit different, and from all accounts, Junior Colson. Don't don't worry about the Michigan side of things. Junior Colson is the real deal, and yeah. you know should be should be a good pickup. Um, you shouldn't have this minis- uh, this Michigan um, hoodoo or whatever it is. So. I'm sorry, I'm just watching Braden Fisk at the combine just run a drill. Man, that's impressive. That guy can bend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, okay, I might have to adjust what I've just seen on one guy already. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think he fits the role um, very nicely, Junior Colson. Um, his tackling is great. Not really much of a pass rusher, but we're talking the Zimmer defense here, where it is the front have the gap and he uses linebackers to fill in the holes basically, on the run defense. And then it's all the cover two, cover four type schemes then. And I just think Colston fits it. And you can wait, I think, till the third round to pick him up. I just think that the issue you've got, which, you know, you need it. And, you know, this guy is nearly 250 pound, right? I'd be interested to see what he runs at um, in the combine. I think he, I, I really, I think he just fits the bill quite well. The issue is the Michigan, so everyone's going to scout the helmet. That's the problem. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, especially after we went Michigan one and two last year. I know, and Michigan <clears throat> one and two last year. Ha, ha, you know, you can't write them off, but yeah, they've left a sour taste in everybody's mouth at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do I, I do honestly believe this, mine, right? I'll ask you guys this. Do you think perhaps Schoolmaker we see a vast improvement this year coming up? I think there will be. I don't know, mate, because if let's be honest, Ferguson's our tight end number one. Yeah. Right now. So I don't see how Schoolmaker is gonna literally improve unless he makes big impact plays more than Ferguson does, but I, I really do. I feel like I'm really struggling to see it why we actually did draft him as a second rounder. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the thing is, he obviously had a bit of a rapport with Dak because Dak did obviously throw his way mm-hmm. and he was obviously getting open and what have you. Yeah, he had a case of the, the stone hands or the dropsies or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know the the fact that Dak was actually willing to throw to him, there must be some sort of communication there that you know from that point of view they're happy with it. Um, again, you know he missed all of OTAs with the with the plantar fasciitis. Is this another sort of Jalen Tolbert situation where he takes another step this year? We're hoping that we're hoping that all of the draft picks this year. Or from 2023, take a step because obviously this is probably the most under underperforming draft that we've had. Yeah, um, you know, and you know, obviously, you know, Will McClay obviously got, gets all the plaudits way as and when we make great draft picks, but you know, 
you know, at the moment he's probably getting criticised for for the picks we've taken this year. That um, you know, should we have gone Bergeron in the first round or whatever? Um, you know, so <clears throat> to to get back onto this, I mean, it's it's literally you've got to sort of put everything aside and just go into it with an open mind. Try not to try not to have that bias saying, oh, don't go don't go from Michigan. Actually go for what you can see. Again, as we say, see on the tape and then, you know, again, can you can you coach them up in a different scheme, both in the pro day in the pro day and the combine as well, where you're asking them to do drills that particularly where the coaches come down and actually coach you up. Like you saw Dan Quinn doing with Sam Williams or whatever a couple of years ago, can you uh-huh. teach them something that you feel help will help them with your defense? So. Um. Wow. Sorry, I'm, I'm Braden Frisk just run. <laughs> this is going to sound really <laughs> weird because I, I, every time you guys are talking, Braden Frisk from Florida State, you just run. Uh, a ten-yard split in one six eight. Wow! So he's going up my board. That is for sure. Um, he's doing really good. So yes. Um, so we're saying linebacker. Can I tempt you guys at all? If we went offensive line in the first round, and if you felt like you could um, hold fast on the linebackers, would you be willing to go? Wide receiver. Oh, man. And I can give you a reason why I'm asking. I'll be perfectly honest with you right now. I'm, I've am i just got to the point now. I'm just like, <coughs> do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, I really don't know. Like, the question with Michael Gallup, yeah, that's a big question. That's the only reason why, like, but would we waste that on a first rounder? Probably not, because you've already got CD Lamb there. We don't know if Cooks is going to be on for an eye year. Is that right? No, yeah, Cooks is back for this. Cooks is another year. Is what you do with him afterwards. Mm. Um, you know, can Tolbert then take? Can Tolbert step up to be your your um, your number three receiver at the moment? You've got Brooks. You've got Moreno Cropper. You've got whole of the guys that you had in camp last year that were lighting it up. But, you know, I'm sure Mike's got somebody in the second round there that he's about to drop on us. That, no, um... I'm, I'm just wondering with you guys, because, like, without saying, like, elaborating too much live, um, Michael, Gara, Michael Gallup um, may actually not be here next season. Um... A number of reasons. The big one, obviously, the most obvious one really is, yeah, how much he's costing. He's double digits against the cap, and um, he got barely over 400 yards last season. He had 10 games where he had 20 yards or less in a game, scored only two touchdowns, and the only 100-yard receiving game he had was the wild card game. Hmm. It's not, it's not showing any optimi- optimi- uh, optimism, is it? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We do like Michael Gap. We do like him when he's yeah. actually like, like... But it just seems so odd. Like, for a guy that's on that big contract, it's not been getting enough game time. I thought that was quite odd. But if that's the way it's going on, why is he still here? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be other teams willing to take him on board, for sure. But I, let's just say, like... I just hope we do not do what we did with Lyle Collins, announce that we're letting him go and get absolutely nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, well, at the moment, I think from from my understanding is that you know he he's expendable this year because you can do the you can do the post June first cut and you you save a lot of money. If you cut him now yeah. outright, you only save eight hundred thousand. But if you do That's the right. post June first, it's something like eight million that you can save. Um, obviously, you're still paying paying some of that next year. There's or there's an increased amount that you're paying next year. Um, so, so what would happen if you were to trade them to another team for draft picks? Would it still be like eight hundred k? Yeah, 
Yes, I think again, depending on when you, when you trade them, it's. Um, oh, let me just bring up over the cap because they can. Yeah, they got the whole thing, and they that does it for you because at that yeah. that's when it starts getting finicky. Is when you get into that mode. We're, <laughs> oh, we're, we're becoming Stephen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all yeah. in. Um, oh God. Well, that, that so, I don't know if you've seen us stirred things up a bit. Oh yes, yes, I know. Because yeah. Stephen's come out and basically said, "Well, Jerry's all in every year, and um, we're just going to do what we do. We like our guys and all that." Sort of stuff. What a way yeah. to bring us back to reality, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Uh, right, according according to over the cap, yeah, it's exactly the same as if you as if you cut him right now. So again, it's a case Ooh. of doing it after after June first. In which case, you're not going to so get likely, for this draft. Yeah. It will all be next year. Yeah, so likely cases we're not going to uh, trade him this year. Yep. It's likely yeah. it's likely it's likely going to be a cut after June. Yeah. But but you can announce that next you can announce that next week, um you know when at the start of the new league year, you say that you're dropping them on the first of June, but you know you carry that money until the first of June and then suddenly you get get that eight million. Hypothet- hypothetically, what teams need a wide receiver and what teams that we need from them? Like I'm thinking, like the whole David Putney situation for bloody draft day right now, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's like get Putney, get Putney, or something like that. Like, what do we need? What do we like? If there's, if we were to trade Gal, say, like he's probably worth about what I don't know, a couple of back backups or something like that, or I don't know. I, you would you you would get a lot more. In Gallup from a trade than he would by cutting him and getting a compensation pick. I would say that yeah. much because mm-hmm. because there'd be teams willing to bet on Gallup's explosiveness explosiveness returning. That's mm-hmm. what they're banking on. That that what what made him special was that explosive and you know the ability to go up and be physical with the ball. Um, that just seems not to be there at the moment post ACL, but teams. There are teams that would be willing to bank on that. Be like, ooh, what if we... And and then all of a sudden then there's that chance he, he returns to what he was before and you've got a thousand-yard receiver. So there are yeah, I mean, teams willing to do that. And if if you go by his last game, which was obviously... Exactly. Playoffs there, he, had a, yeah. he, had a, he was the best receiver on the field for us. Ironically. Day. So, yeah. you know, w- would a team be willing to give us a fourth rounder for it that, you know, all of a sudden... There, there's your Trey Lance pick back that, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and obviously we have no fourth rounder this year. So um, personally, you know, do that... you know what? I, what what I think they'll do, and don't don't I, I I this is just my feeling from conversations I've had is that they use Michael Gallup during the draft, so they'll use that with like a pick to corral an extra pick from somewhere or to go higher up. That's how yeah. I can see it going. <clears throat> but yeah, all right. But so you you are you not completely on board with the idea of wide receiver in the second round? The second round, mm, mm, I don't know. I just think there's more important needs than wide receiver right now. Mm, okay, I mean, I actually, I'm think plus, I'm, I'm plus, I'm willing to give Jalen Brooks a more boost. If I'm being honest. You've got guys like that, Jim Tolbert as well, you know, waiting in the wings to see what they do. Yeah, I think they deserve a better opportunity this time around. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can see what you've got there and then go to the free agent pool if it, it doesn't come out. Because yeah. I, I, I've also, what I've got a trouble with, right, is uh, what my problem is, why I say wide receiver is so important, right? I think that so much of the offence is funneled through C.D. Lamb, right? There's a lot of emphasis on C.D. Lamb in this offense. That we've seen what happens if the team tries to go to Brandon Cooks to be that guy, to be like, oh, right, C.D. Lamb's not working, let's go to Brandon Cooks. And it is kind of hit or miss, right? So I just think, what happens if 
we were unlucky and we lost CD Lamb for a couple of weeks. Guess a pull, you know, as it does, it's the wide receiver position. He pulls a hammy, um, you know, turf toe, whatever. We use any number of things as it gets a stinger and we lose CD Lamb for a cup. What does that offense look like? And to me, I just think it's just flat. There's just a, there's very little there. When you think of where the running backs are going for this team, what is on the roster, like who are you making the man? Who are you funneling the offense now through? And I just think that without CD Lamb, this looks problematic. So you draft a wide receiver quite early because you need to, because if you don't, you're going to struggle if or when CD Lamb, we have a, a player like CD Lamb, not on the roster or not playing. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're getting at. And, you know, I don't want to be, you know, obviously the Cowboys got into a big mess at the tail end of the 90s, early 2000s, because they drafted for need as opposed yeah. to the best player available. Mm-hmm. And you do, you don't want to be going down that route again, because that's when you, you know, if if you get to the second round and you you got 15 players in your rankings that you've got higher than, you, you know, the position you really need, which say defensive tackle or linebacker, but you've got 15 players ahead of him. If you're if you're skipping down those fifteen players to get the the person that realistically is a reach, then that's not the best way to draft, and that's not the way this team has drafted in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say anything's off the board. And I mean, again, you know, this is the way the Cowboys operate: is they they put they go out in free agency. They bring in enough people that you you potentially have a starting offense, a starting defense, and you have one or two backups that you're ready to go, ready to roll with, no matter who you pick up in the draft. And then mm. anything that you're picking up in the draft, particularly the first and second day, you expect them to make major contributions, probably push some of those um, pickups down the roster a little bit. Um, you know, and from that point of view, you, that's how you build on it. But um, yeah, I would I wouldn't say anything's out out of the picture here. Because here's you, 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 here's my question for you then, right? This is why I'm saying receiver that we don't actually have. When you stop and you think about it, we don't actually have a X type possession wide receiver. When you think, stop and think about it, you can say Cedar Lamb is it? He's like. Eh, no. He's kind of like a multi-role guy, better from the slot. He's he's the big yeah. slot guy. Uh, you say Brandon Cooks, well, he's your wide-type receiver now. We've finally got one. Took years to get one. We finally did. But now we don't have an X receiver. The last one was Des Bryant. Amari Cooper, yeah. you could say, was. But we actually don't have one when you stop and you think about it. So our best wide receiver is more of a slot guy than he is an X. And Dak needs that type of guy on the field. We don't actually have one. We, we've got the speedster guy now who can go and burn downfield. We've got a nice slot guy. We've got an arrangement of guys that can play from the slot. But we don't actually actually have an X, especially if now Michael Gabb does move on and we don't have him, then the void is even bigger again. Yep. That's yeah, and uh, as you say, you, you don't know what you've got in Tolbert. You don't know what you've got in Jalen Brooks or that you know, all yeah. of that. Um, I mean, I, I, I do like... Tolbert did make some good catches in in traffic. Um, you know, did hold up. He, you know, he wasn't... The, the knock on Tolbert last year was he wasn't getting the separation that you would expect from a receiver. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he still made... When Dak looked his way, he still made some pretty crucial catches as well so you know there is potential there um but will that potential actually be realized um or as you say are you best putting some putting some um yeah, cap uh, or draft capital into it yeah yeah so okay let's say this then they've got and got a linebacker in the second could be a wide receiver could be say a defensive lineman which we'll come back to now um, third round, 
I think is the sweet spot for running back. I don't know what you guys think. Yep. I I, I think there's t- tail end of the second round it, to to basically the third round is when you're looking at running backs. There's there's again Michigan's Corum. Uh, Corum, yeah. You've got <laughs> Michigan. Michigan again. You got you got Brooks from Texas. <clears throat> you've got um, you know. There, there's a whole plethora of them coming out. Um, yeah. Even right down to the seventh, sixth or seventh rounder, you've got somebody who has NFL uh, longevity in his in his DNA mm. in Frank Gore Jr. Um, you know, his his dad played for 17, 18 seasons or something like that. Oh, yeah. Know. Has it, it, he it, ever it, retired? It, <laughs> I, he probably could stay. He probably could still. You know, he pr- he's probably playing with uh, Terrell Owens on um, <laughs> on the fan control league or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, and 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 he's he's up there in the. If you actually look at the 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 rushing charts, he's probably about three or four at the moment. In that, um, you know, because he was in the league so long, he's 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 certainly up there in terms of the yardage that he's racked up over this sixteen and seventeen seasons or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I was talking last week about um, All In and I was asked, like, what does All In to mean? And I said, All In to me is not messing around like the Cowboys often do with these second and third round picks, that they're just going to get a guy that they can draft and play right away. The only issue I've got is after hearing the comments and everything being made, this week in the combine, I'm kind of like thinking, oh, don't please start messing around again. And then you go, I go and see the Cowboys are talking to Jonathan Brooks. Yep. And I, uh, <laughs> I just think because of how the Cowboys draft in the second round, and this is going to make Paul's eyes roll. What if their second round pick is going to be Jonathan Brooks, who we don't see next season? He's stressed. Yeah, yeah, a half and shut eyes. Because I mean, he's not. He's ACL. People are saying comments and all the rest of it. All people are saying in the medicals. uh, Oh, this is going to be a big one. Mohammed Kamara. He's he's awesome. Um, That. uh, Oh wow. One five eight ten yard split, four five eight forty yard dash. Oh my god, that's moving. <laughs> anyway, that um, there. Some people are saying Jonathan Brooks, he could be ready for the start of the season. He's going to miss training camp and install and all the rest of it. And I just think it's an ACL tear. And this is off a guy who was a one year wonder. That was playing behind a brilliant running back, so no wonder he was a one-year wonder. Um, I, I just, I have my, I have my reservations on the player, but now I think, what if that's going to be our second-round pick? What if they do the usual thing of taking a chance on that second-round guy who's got some sort of red flag? Because it's always a red flag guy who they take in the second round, and it's Jonathan Brooks. Again, what have they done in free agency? Because I mean, this this free agency class of running back is actually well stacked. You've got mm. Barkley, you've got Jacobs, you've got Pollard, you've got you know, and all of these guys. They're they're certainly not going to receive the the franchise tags because you know, for a lot of them, they're second. You're talking second year, so you're talking twelve point nine million. Um, I think in the way of Jacobs, he re- he restructured everything. You're talking 14 million for him. This is a deep deep free agency class where you could mm-hmm. pick one of these guys up, and then you could afford to take somebody who you can bring on. The alternative is that you double dip at running back, and you 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 big big up your power back, and then you get a lighter back later on in the in, in the draft as well. So yeah. I'm 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 up for in the third round 
if they've gone, say, offensive tackle, running back, third round for me, did I just, if they've gone, say, offensive tackle, linebacker, I'm all up for the third round being either defensive tackle um, or wide receiver, personally. I think you can still get a, a running back. I know they don't have a fourth round, but you can get one in today three and be semi-okay. And then, like you say, the thing from the running back position they need to do, they need to fill that spot in free agency. I'm with you on that one, Lorne, yeah. 100%. I mean, is it, the... I would also consider cornerback for, for yeah. the third round as well because, you know, obviously you've got Diggs, you've got um, Bland. Diggs, by all accounts, should be ready to go for training camp, won't be ready mm-hmm. for OTAs, but, you know, and again, how does he respond to to the injury? Can you get Gilmore back in? Can you get anything out of Gilmore this season? Or, you know, was that last year really sort of uh, hitting the mothership for 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 what he can offer? Or, you know, is he on the downward slide now? Um, you know, you don't know what you've got in Scott. Obviously, the fact that Sean Wright and... Um, Igbenogany and what have you didn't get on the field uh, in that playoff game as well you're obviously ready to move on from those guys as well or they're on their last legs um, you know what what are you doing going forward and how does it fit in with Mike uh, Mike Zimmer's scheme as well so. yeah definitely I, I think the cornerback situation because the cornerback position in this year's draft is quite deep. So I think for me, the how early they go in a draft depends on whether they retain Stefan Gilmore. If they retain him, now we're looking back end of the draft. If they don't, I, I'm totally with you because you don't know what you've got in Diggs. You don't know what we you don't really have much behind that. You know, Jordan especially if they don't decide to keep Jordan loose. Really your next option is Nation Right. And yeah. I think he hasn't developed the way he wants. Plus, he doesn't fit the Zimmer scheme. Definitely not. Um, so you, you're going to need one. If they keep Gilmore, I think it doesn't remove the need to draft a cornerback. It just means you can wait a little bit later, is what I think uh, is my options. But apart from that, though, guys, is there anybody else in day two particularly you've got an eye on or you just wait until post combine to make a decision on that i'll be perfectly honest i've probably been the most underprepared for this draft i'll be honest <laughs> i have to say that's exactly what i said to mike as well just before we went live as well so um i i, I will sort of start <laughs> forming things up after 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 this combine and you know Anybody that catches my eye with the combine, I'll go back and have a look at the tape and what have you. But um, I, I, again, I mean, nail your colours to the mast now. You don't know who you're suddenly going to end up with available when it comes to your pick anyway. And here we go. Yeah. Here's Mike with all this 400 All 490 <laughs> players. I haven't, I haven't ranked them. So this is all... Post, uh, uh, sorry, pre combine. So I still, I still got lots to fill in, but all the notes are in, and that's the main thing. And all my scores are in. Uh, there we go. That's how prepared I am. Are you still using Windows ninety eight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, just when you find the thing you like, why do you need to get better? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah, try to tell on the NHS that I need to work with them in their old operating systems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, when, when I got a bit further along and I filled all this out, because still, I've still got to finish my complete scores. I've got most of them written down, but I haven't put them on, but I can't give them the scores until after the combine. So that's where I'm at. I, and I kind of got a little bit to fill in. A little bit left to fill in on guard and cornerback. And then I'm done. <laughs> All right, then, guys. So let's get this wrapped up. Uh, Lord, you can hit me with it, mate. 
Okay, 2024 is here. If you're thinking about going to a game this season, make sure you book up a Cowboys experience for game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. Um, Again, they'll work with you. You tell them when you're arriving, they'll come and pick you up from the airport. They'll do handle transfers and everything like that. They'll probably put you in the hotel that's around the corner from the Toyota Music Plaza. Um, you know, and they'll just work with you. And it's an absolutely fantastic experience. And of course, if you use the promo code UK Cowboys, you get some free stuff. Free stuff, yes. So we will be back on Tuesday. Brian's got some plan for Project Prospect. I don't know what it is. He said, I've got a plan. So whether it's some post-combine idea he's got, that's what's going on. But we will be back Tuesday, usual time, 9 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Central. And then on next week's draft show, we'll take a look at some of the risers and fallers from the combine and talk about them and how... And as well, all the guys who were interviews, both formal and informal, that were with yep. that the Cowboys made, so we can have a look, and then you can kind of get an idea of the road they're going down. Then, um, but apart from that, that is it from us this week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you on Tuesday. I started the show with a first word, so these guys have got the last word. Have a great weekend, folks. Yeah, have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the underwear Olympics, and come back refreshed, understanding of the, the players. And we're ready to go next week. Underwear Olympics? <laughs> that's that's what his nickname. That was for our fellow for never. <laughs> <laughs>